Welcome to the Health with Hashimoto's podcast. Before I start, I want to say a super sincere thank you to every single person who listens. Thank you to you. Uh, Just yesterday, my boys, I have four boys, they are between uh, nine and 16. And two of them were just like trying to get, I think, my street cred for this podcast. They were asking me my statistics. And my oldest, he is very analytical. And he didn't just want my percentages. Because first, we went to Chartable, which gives you like your rankings. And in some countries, my ranking are pre- is pretty high. Uh, like in, I think, Bulgaria, I was eighth in the alternative health um, category. And he's like, yeah, but how many alternative health, you know, podcasts are there? Like, he's really skeptical. He didn't want to give me any credit for, for having a great podcast. And so then I found a different chart where it's actually from my podcast host, and it tells me all of the countries where people listen. And there are people listening to this podcast from 56 different countries. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening, for subscribing, for leaving me ratings and reviews. It is such an honor to share this information with you and help you on your journey to better health. Because I know that when you are tired of feeling exhausted and overwhelmed, you're looking for solutions. But you're looking for root causes of your autoimmune condition. You don't just want surface level band-aids. And that's why you're here listening to this podcast. That's what I hope to give you in every single episode. So the last two episodes, we dove into the root causes of Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And, you know, now you get to take that next step. Now that you've listened to those two episodes, and if you haven't, go back and listen to those two. I think they're probably going to be two of the most foundational, important episodes of this entire podcast for as long as it goes on, because you need to know those root causes. But after you listen to those, now you can take action on your own root causes so that you can see results. Because when you change the condition of the root causes, then you're going to see changes downstream or, you know, in the leaves. When you're going to water a plant, you don't just spritz the leaves, you have to address the soil. And so we revealed kind of the soil. We revealed um, different things that need to have action taken on them in order to make a difference in your overall health. Now, another thing that I do on this podcast is I always come at things from a holistic perspective. And you know that if you've listened for any time, you know that to me, holistic means body, mind, spirit, diet, environment. It doesn't mean throwing out everything that's conventional medicine. It doesn't mean embracing everything that's like alternative. It means looking at the whole picture and figuring out what is going to work for you. So as we talked about the different root causes, one of them was low vitamin D. I do have a couple episodes on vitamin D. 
specifically episode nine. So if you don't know the importance of vitamin D, then head back and listen to episode nine, where I go into all of the ways that vitamin D is important for your immune system and has a role in autoimmune conditions, especially, you know, Hashimoto's. Today, we're going to talk about how to pick a good supplement, how to know which vitamin D to pull off the shelf, because there's a lot of vitamin D supplements out there a lot. Now, first of all, I want to say I take supplements for two different reasons. The first reason I take supplements or activators is to activate my body to do something like create antioxidants or to make more collagen or to reduce oxidative stress. Those are all things that your body can naturally do. But as you age and as your body breaks down, it does those things less and less. For example, creating your own antioxidants. It happens through a path pathway in the body that's called the NRF2 pathway. It's got a really, really long name. It We shorten it down to NRF2, and that slows down as we age. So I take a specific combination of five different herbs every single day. It's in one little tablet, super, super easy, and that increases the effectiveness of that pathway. And as a result of turning that pathway like back on, I create more glutathione, which is one of the most powerful antioxidants that we have. I reduce my oxidative stress, which is kind of like that rusting of your cells or a browning of a banana on a cellular level. I reduce that oxidative stress by 40%. Like those are things that we know from the science. So that's one reason I take supplements in the morning. I want to activate my own body to do what it's supposed to do. The second reason I take supplements is to fill gaps in my diet or in my life. And that's where vitamin D comes in. Now, I live in the northern part of the United States. So if you look in the very middle and then all the way up to the top, I'm about right there in Minnesota. This far north We do not get enough sun. It's not at the right angle so that I can make enough vitamin D from sun exposure between the fall solstice and the spring solstice. Like there's just not enough and not the right sun rays that I can do that outside. So I have to supplement in order to get enough. Some traditional cultures have supplemented their vitamin D, not supplemented, they have consumed their vitamin D in the like fatty fish, but I do not eat a ton of fatty fish and really you'd have to eat a lot. And then we know that those fish, they are also, you know, dangers in eating a lot of that because of the, the things that they absorb, you know, mercury. I don't want to increase my mercury. So I choose to supplement. And when I'm supplementing with a vitamin D, I'm looking at three different things because there are a lot of different choices wherever you shop for your supplements and for your vitamins. There's a lot of choices, especially with vitamin D, because we do know that it's so important. So I look at three specific things. The first thing I look at is like the quick and easy It's going to weed out a whole bunch of things. And I look if it has K2 in it. You want a vitamin D3 that has K2 in it. If it doesn't have K2, then I disregard it. It's so simple because it's usually like on the front of the label. You don't even have to turn the bottle around to see the back. It's just right there in the front. It will say with K or it will say like plus, but it doesn't always. So you can rotate it around and see if it has vitamin K2. That's a super fast check. 
And so that's the first thing I do when evaluating a vitamin D supplement. Is it good? Well, if it has K2, then it's going to jump up to, it might be good, and it's going to go to my second check. My second, oh, I guess I should tell you, why is K2 important? Essentially, K2 ensures that the calcium goes into your bones and not to your soft tissue. When you have um, calcium going into your soft tissue, it can be bad for your heart and it can be bad for other things. So vitamin K2 makes sure that the calcium goes to your bones. So K2 is protective. It's heart protective. It's cardiovascular protective. But then you're thinking, um, Esther, we're talking about vitamin D, not calcium. Okay, so here is what happens. So you consume calcium because you know calcium is good for your bones. What vitamin D does is it releases a protein called osteocalcin and the release of that protein is, it's the first step, but vitamin K2 activates that protein so that it actually works. And now with the vitamin D releasing that protein and the vitamin or K2 activating it, now the calcium can like stick to your bones and be incorporated into your bones. So that is the goal when you're having calcium, you want the calcium to go where it's supposed to go to your bones and to your teeth. You don't want your calcium to go to your blood vessels and increase your risk for strokes and heart attacks. Those things are bad. We want strong, healthy bones. So when I'm looking for a vitamin D, the first thing I look at is does it have K2? It's super simple to check. The second thing I look at is, is it a good company? Number one, please do not buy your supplements from Amazon. Um, I'll buy a lot of things from Amazon. I know that there's a lot of things that we could talk about for Amazon for ethics and marketing and monopoly and all of that. But when we're looking at supplements, there's a lot of counterfeits on Amazon. There's some really, really good looking counterfeits with good ratings and reviews, and they are counterfeits. And companies actually will buy their own, their quote, own products from Amazon and analyze them. And when companies do that, they see that what people think are their products are filled with fillers. They've found ones that are filled with sawdust. They're, they have found some that are filled with wheat. Now, if you're staying away from gluten and wheat and you buy a supplement that looks like a good brand and it's from Amazon and it's actually a counterfeit, you could be you know, ingesting all of these allergens. And there's no way to know because the counterfeits are really good. So unless a specific company says, buy our products from our shop on Amazon. I do not buy products on Amazon. Another thing on Amazon is you can get expired things. Um, I am not bashing network marketing at all, but there are some people who they get into network marketing and they have to purchase a set number of products every month and then they get this closet full and they want to get rid of their inventory so they sell it on Amazon but unfortunately their closet full is all expired so if you do buy products on Amazon check their expiration because if it's not counterfeit it still might be expired it still might might not be good and then the third thing and I do not know how to verify this if you have an Amazon contact and you can let me know that would be great but I have heard 
that if Amazon, if the little robots or the people go to a specific bin to pull a product and that product is out, they will reach to the next bin over if it is an identical looking product from a different shop and they will pull that. I do not know if that is verified by anybody. That is what I have heard. And so even if I'm buying a reputable thing, I still don't want to buy it from Amazon because I don't want the risk of having it be counterfeit. I buy a lot of other things from Amazon, but not supplements. But there are some other things that I do to ensure that I am buying from a good company. Now, the first one, other than not buying from Amazon, is making sure that they follow GMP or good manufacturing practices. If they follow pharmaceutical level manufacturing practices, that's even better. But I just want to know that they're doing a good job when they're making my stuff. And I think the the industry itself has come a long way over the past 20 years. 20 years ago, it was really, really bad. And like I said, there's still counterfeits, but I think a lot of the better companies have really stepped up in this area. So following GMP is pretty standard if you're looking at any of the big brands. The second thing in looking for a good company is do they have third-party testing? I want to know that it's not just people within that company saying this is a good product and it has great results. I want third-party testing. I want third-party testing for a multiple different things like purity, efficacy. I want to see their testing and I want to see what other people have found. That really helps me know if a company is good and if their products do what they say they do. And then also, I want to look for fillers. I want to make sure that there's no unnecessary fillers. I want to make sure that there's no allergenic fillers. Like we already talked about wheat. Obviously, we do not want wheat in our supplements if we're trying to stay away from gluten. But some companies will put unnecessary fillers or allergenic fillers in their supplements. So those are the things that I look for when I'm looking at the company itself. All right, so the first thing I looked at was, does it have K2? The second thing I looked at is the company itself. And to recap those, it was, do they follow good manufacturing practices? Do they use third-party testing? And what about their fillers? And then the third thing I do, now that I've looked at those two things, you know, I've, I'm left with some pretty good products. They're all going to be, you know, I can't say like top of the line, because obviously even within a race of Olympic athletes, you're going to have somebody who gets the gold medal and somebody who doesn't even get on the podium, right? But there are some things that I'm looking for in the collection of good products that I have now found. And those are going to be like, how does it fit into my family's budget? And am I going to pay for shipping? Those are really what it comes down to. I typically order my products from two different companies, and you've heard me talk about both of them on this podcast. So the two different places where I get vitamin D from are from Life Vantage and USANA Health Sciences. Both of them have really good vitamin D. They both have K2. Now the Life Vantage one has some other things in it. So when I'm looking at, you know, do I want some extra calcium or magnesium. Um, horsetail extract is in the Life Vantage one. And that's another thing that helps the calcium go where it needs to go. It's really good for your bones. And so the Life Vantage one is really good for my bone health and it has those extra minerals in it. The vitamin D from USANA Health Sciences, that one is a teeny tiny pill. So it's easier to swallow. My kids don't notice it as much and there's more in the bottle. So those are kind of like 
just straight off the bat, those are the two things that I look at when I'm comparing those two. And then it kind of comes down to which company am I ordering from and do I need something else so that I can get cheaper or free shipping? Really, that's what it comes down to for me. Right now, if you're listening at the end of September, there's a flash sale going on in Life Vantage. And you know what? That plays a role in my decision making too, because there's six people in my family. So I need to make sure that every single decision I make in purchasing things for our health also considers the budget. So here is the breakdown for these two companies, the LifeVantage D3 Plus, which like I said, it has other minerals in it as well as um, herbs. It has uh, 60 tablets in the bottle and there's two tablets in a serving. So it's 30 servings and it is $25. Like I said, there's a flash sale, so you can save 30% on it right now. And then the USANA one is 84 tablets in the bottle. However, it's only one tablet per serving. So it's 84 servings and that one is $24. So if you just look at how many servings for how many dollars, typically I go with the USANA one for my family because like I said, there are six of us. Both of them are really good products. They both have the same amount of vitamin D in them. They both, I think they both have the same amount of vitamin K2. Let me look, hang on. Okay, so the Life Vantage one has a little bit more K2 in it, but that's per serving. And quite honestly, if I am giving everybody in my family some vitamin D, I'm only giving them one tablet a piece, no matter how much it is. And you might be different than me in that way. You might be like, okay, everybody's getting a full serving, but I just line up all of the little vitamin containers and I put one in everybody's vitamin container. So for me, usually USANA is going to beat out Life Vantage in the vitamin D category. Now, other categories, Life Vantage beats hands down every single time. We've talked about the activators before, you know, activating my own systems. Life Vantage way beats out USANA for that. So I make monthly orders from both of those companies. And then there is one exception to my vitamin D in the past that I have done. And that was when my nurse practitioner looked at my vitamin D labs and she said she wanted me to get a ton of vitamin D to increase my blood levels significantly. She wrote me a prescription for vitamin D and the entire bottle, and it was huge doses, the entire bottle was, I think, $12 in cash. So for that season, I used the prescription vitamin D. So how you choose to supplement and how much you choose to supplement is really up to you. If you want to dig into like how much you need, the FLCCC, the Frontline Doctors, they have a chart which is going to be linked right down below in the show notes for how much to give to each person. For kids 6 to 12 years old, they recommend 1,000 to 2,800 international units every day, and that is the equivalent to 25 to 70 micrograms. You're going to see bottles with both of those things. For 13 to 18 year olds, they recommend 2,800 international units a day up to 3,500 and that would be 70 to 88 micrograms. And then for an adult who has a normal BMI, so that's the body mass index, they say 5,000 to 8,000 international units a day, which is the same 
as 125 to 200 micrograms. Now, if you have more body fat, then you need more vitamin D because D is stored in your fat. So if you're looking at filling up your stores, you have more stores to more storage area for the vitamin D. So people who are more, who have larger BMI, who have more fat cells, they typically need more vitamin D in order to get to the appropriate lab number. And also because it's fat soluble, you typically want to take vitamin D with a meal that has some fat so that your body can use it appropriately. And of course, because we're talking about supplements, I'm going to give you this disclaimer. You know, any supplement you want to keep out of the reach of children, always consult your physicians if you're pregnant, nursing or taking a prescription drug, or if you have medical medical condition. And then, you know, while vitamin D deficiencies are widespread, it's not something that should be taken without regard to safety. So if you exceed the established upper limit of 100 micrograms, which is 4,000 um, IUs, then you should technically have regular blood tests for vitamin D and you should consult with your doctor just for safety. And I have told you in previous episodes how to get those vitamin D uh, tests very easily. Check out episode nine for more information on that. It has been such an honor helping you out with your health. Thank you again for listening wherever you're listening from. And thanks for the rating and re- ratings and reviews. It really makes a difference in how much this podcast is pushed out to other people. I really appreciate you. And I will see you next week on the Health with Hashimoto's podcast. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Please be sure to discuss any concerns and plans with your trusted healthcare professional. 